Welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio, where we share tried and tested ways to grow your brand and get more customers. Everything from the latest in marketing and branding, right through to growing your team and creating an irresistible culture. Hi, and welcome back to Basic Finance Radio, LinkedIn Strategies Part 2 with my dear friend Anne Miles. Make sure you also check out Part 1 because it was amazing. In this one here, Part 2, we're discussing what type of content works really well on LinkedIn, also how often and when to post to get the biggest return, and lastly, some of the best LinkedIn tech tools that you're going to love. Let's dive straight in. Hi, and welcome back to Basic Bananas Radio. We are back with part two of LinkedIn Strategies with Anne Miles, my dear friend. Welcome back, Anne. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you for having me again. It's super fun. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you back. Anyone listening right now, make sure you also check out part one. We did part one LinkedIn Strategies with Anne two weeks ago, and it's a really great session that we did on messaging and also on how to optimize your LinkedIn profile. Today, we're going to look into one content strategy that Anne has created that is really amazing and very different to what anyone else is doing. We're also going to look at when to post, what to post, how to post, what not to post. (laughs) And then we're going to finish up with some LinkedIn technology that Anne loves to use. So how to make those bots, robots work for you. And should we talk a little bit about content strategy? Where do we even start? I'll let you start. (laughs) I think it is good to talk about content strategy because this is like one of the most fundamental different things in the way that I do it. I started out like everybody else treating, you know, LinkedIn like Facebook, but putting business content in. And I felt like I was just producing content, content, content. And I didn't actually think it was like getting engagement and it wasn't like converting. Then there were other things that really like got a lot of people clicking and liking and sharing and whatever, but it never converted to work. So for me, I just went, I just don't have the time to just be doing all this stuff for nothing. So I worked out over the years, like what's the sweet spot. So there's definitely the approach I have is, that content is for converting people who come to visit you and you deliberately find a way to send people to look at your profile. So it's actually a lead conversion strategy. It's not a hit and miss social media strategy that's out there in the ether and you're hoping that somewhere along the line it's going to run through someone's feed. I had this like statistic um, somewhere and I just can't find it, but when I was first doing all this, I went, how often am I going to be in front of my potential customer? And it was five minutes a week that we had a potential crossover. And that meant that we had to be online at the same time for that to ever happen. I thought, well, that's a waste of time because they're not going to be where I am and when I need it. So I had to work out how I could force people to go and look at my stuff and have content sitting there. And that means when you do that, do it that way, mostly through a connection strategy, you can also do it by viewing other people's profiles or you can, you know, recommend them or do some kind of, you know, um, uh, you know, the, the buttons you push to say you're going to endorse people and yes. then that forces them to thank you. I mean, I don't think endorse a stranger because that's not right, but if there's people you know and you you feel like you want to endorse them, then that provokes them to come and to check your profile out and see what you're doing. So that's very different than a social media kind of behaviour. Um, and when you go there, I think you at least need 
one good article that's a really deep dive into like what your customers get out of working with you. And I also recommend three posts a month. But that's, oh, th- sorry, it's four posts in total, three new ones and one post that's sharing the other articles. So really it's still only four posts a month. Um, now I'm also saying there's a whole content strategy around this, but ultimately everything wraps up to packing underneath one umbrella uh, theme that you stand for. So that's potentially some kind of like brand proposition. And then underneath that there would be three content themes that everything sits And then under those three themes, every topic that you write always wraps up into one of those themes. You can do multiple, but just people get confused and they don't know what you stand for unless it sort of gets wrapped up into these little boxes. So every article that you write, you always refer somehow to your overall theme and then overall your brand proposition. So when they go to your profile, then they know exactly what you stand for and how to convert. My Total ultimate test is if it's working is not because, uh, you know, 20,000 people liked it and viewed it. I mean, that would be amazing because just the size of it. But I go some of my best converting pieces. I've actually written for one company and I treat it like account based marketing. So it's writing content that is right for a certain customer. And if it's valuable to you, then You don't care if nobody goes there but them. And so recently I had some guy like arguing with me. He was a social media strategist that's typical social media guy. And he's going, look at you, you've got hardly any any engagement on your stuff and you say you're a LinkedIn expert, like you haven't got any numbers. And I'm going, how can I tell him that the person on that same post that I was writing this for actually tagged the head of sales of a huge, big multinational company that I had a proposal out for it was only that person that I really wrote that article for and it's going to convert for me so it's a totally different strategy ultimately and even sometimes I feel another good measure is when someone sends me a message out of the blue and just says I've been watching you on LinkedIn or social media and I love what you stand for and you know congratulations keep doing more of it and I appreciate all the value that you add to my industry. And I have others that go, I've been watching you on social media for a while. Your real audience, like they'll, they'll never interact with your content because they won't look like they're going to publicly endorse you. So they pick up the phone and say, I've been watching you for ages and can you talk to me about how you might help us? Like that's what the, I think the ultimate goal is that it's different, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very strategic. So it's it's mm. about being very strategic with your content. And I also love how you recommend our audience. I'm sure will love that too. Your recommendation is it's just once a week. You post once a week, one one yeah. monthly article and then three really good posts. I mm. like your content strategy too with your overarching theme and then your content buckets. What, do you have mm. an example of what do, you, what do you want to share what your theme is and then some of your yeah. buckets? I mean, everyone will have their own different thing, but say for example, Suits and Sneakers, I built that whole company to resolve an equality issue in marketing industry. So there were a whole lot of really good talent that were getting bumped out of ad agencies because they were like had grey hair and, you know, they considered too expensive and 
you know, so they are downgrading the talent in the agencies. And I'm going, where are those people going? There's all these really good people in the industry. They're just like disappearing. So ultimately, um, that's one part of, that's why I built the company. And so my overriding um, theme that sort of represents that, and it's also ethics for me and, you know, sort of conscious capitalism is all about what I stand for. So I go, okay, so it's the overriding thing is the brands deserve better. So there's better people, better solutions. That's my overriding mindset of everything I write that there's someone's worth that there's better out there and I have three buckets so one is the in ad industry model and I'm often writing things like (laughs) the ad agency model is broken here's why Mm -hmm. and that just goes completely viral and then I will also talk about stereotypes so stereotypes of hiring practices stereotypes in media marketing and advertising as well and I do advocacy work and like fight government policy and self-regulation. So it's a real kind of bit nerdy. <laughs> and then the third thing that I celebrate is good creative and good work. So those, because we, mm-hmm. the Suits and Sneakers roster is all about top talent pre-approved. So they're my three buckets all underneath the Brands Deserve Better solution. And then the topics underneath those can get varied so underneath the stereotypes one I can talk about race or I can talk gender I can talk ageism I can talk you know the ways agencies work like all of those fit under it and I always sort of bring them always together sometimes I use the word uh, conscious marketing as well and ethics in the industry but they still they might be disguised but they're still in my mind they're strategic because they're in that same pot it's, and another, it's, yeah. mm-hmm. I was going to say another example would be um, there's, you know, so I was speaking to this mountaineer adventurer guy, you know, he's been to Mount Everest like three times. So it's a very different kind of business than mine. So he's a good one to listen to as well. So if you go, okay, the number one thing he stands for is being unstoppable. So potentially you could say even very dry, you could say he has, preparation he has you know the a mindset so preparation is like you know all the practical things and getting himself ready then there's a mindset story that he's got and the other might be um teamwork and collaboration for example so they're like at its driest but you can also express it in like more interesting ways that create stories so for example when you're collaborating with so the collaboration and teamwork that's quite good but then like you could also express it like um even I could do it so that's one message pop for him like even I could do it so he then has a whole lot of content and stories around him being this ordinary guy that just committed to doing this amazing like ridiculous feat getting to Mount Everest and breaking three world records in the process so and you know the preparation uh side could be you know, the mind, everything in his mind he had to pull together, everything about the equipment. And so therefore also for him he could have potential sponsorship messages that could fit under that. And even testimonials, which are really important, will still fit under those buckets. So if you have a happy customer that talks, don't just get them to say, oh, I thought he was a wonderful speaker and, you know, I feel great after hearing that. That's too fluffy to me. But if you said, 
I think he's an amazing speaker and I felt like I could achieve the same things as him now. That's perfect because that's Mm. under that bucket. So I'm saying every bit of content, even testimonials, any advertising, any like even products and events, I think fit underneath all of this as well. Yeah, that's so great. And I love that strategy. I think that will simplify it a lot for our listeners. So we've talked about what to post. We've talked about how often to post. Do you also have some tips on when to post? I know that we looked in some stats recently about that. Yeah, and I'm just trying to remember exactly, but I I know there are good times to do it, and I think it was like Tuesday morning and Thursday morning or Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning. Yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday when we last looked. Yeah, when we last looked. Yeah, yeah. At the same time when you do the connection strategy that I do, our data shows us that Sunday night and Monday morning is actually more popular as well. So we haven't got reportable numbers, Mm -hmm. but... When I was doing it all myself and then when I had another person take over, I said, have you noticed that Sunday nights and Mondays are like really like amazing? And then we started to track and we're going, yeah. So I feel like that's when you're posting and you're still thinking of it like a social media channel and you're hoping that that's when it's going to fly in front of people's um, pathway. But when you do the strategy we do, it actually is less important about the when because you're making a connection with someone that's driving them to look at your profile whenever it suits anyway. So it's not so reliant on that feed strategy, but it's still good to know. You may as well give it a try anyway Yeah, exactly. in the mornings. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's about testing to what works for your audience and when your people are, yeah. are there connecting. Yeah. And now let's finish up with some LinkedIn tech. What are some of your favorite? I know you're a bit of a nerd when it comes yeah. to using yeah. technology. I can see how excited you are about this one because Anne and I are on Zoom <laughs> here. I can see her beautiful face. What is some of your favorite technology that you use and can recommend? Yeah, it's actually really changing landscape at the moment. So I feel like you do need to know some warning signs. And I think a lot of people are making a lot of promises and it's like in the old days when you get on the website, everyone goes, I promise you, you can be on page one of Google. Like it's just an overpromised by a long shot. And I think that at the moment there's a lot of legality around some of this as well. So my big warnings are that you definitely must avoid anything that is a browser extension. So, and for everyone else's sake, there are things that can override what LinkedIn is doing and you can kind of hijack it with um, technology that's off, off LinkedIn. So it's like the two will talk to each other and you get extra functionality. But some of it is good and some of it was bad. So in the overall landscape, there's uh, technology to help you organise your posting so that you only have to sort of post once and it goes to all your channels. So I think that's a good solution. I personally use Buffer because it's sort of easy and you can have up to 25 accounts which I seem to have a lot, and another one is Hootsuite. So that kind of thing you can schedule and plan your um, posts and set and forget. So that's a really good thing to save time, and they're safe. So the second sort would be there's also data scraping. So people can plug in technology that's going to strip out of LinkedIn all these numbers and contacts, and you think, woo, great, I'm going to put all these people in my CRM and I'm going to have all these people I'm going to spam. That is so illegal. (laughs) It's so bad, right? So don't go there. And uh, there's a whole bunch of them. um, And it helps you to know there's things like Duck Soup, um, Orca, 
get prospect, things like that. Definitely don't touch them. Uh, well, the scrapers, the lead views and phantom buster, things like that, they're, they're really, really like um, evil. <laughs> and to put things, people in your CRM that you don't have consent for or even implied consent, you just cannot do it. Um, and then the third thing would be browser extensions, which are like changing the functionality of LinkedIn and allowing you to connect with more people than the system normally allows. And, uh, you know, you can also uh, automate these things so that it's faster and better. Some of it's in good in principle, but when it's a browser extension, LinkedIn's particularly shitty about it <laughs> because it's hijacking their interface. And there's a lot of court cases going on at the moment. So far, LinkedIn's losing, but at the same time, they're like out to get these technologies and anyone who's using it will go down with it and your account will be cut off. So it's actually against their terms, but it's a really dangerous thing. Don't go there. And then the last kind is the kind that we uh, really enjoyed being an early adopter for. I was lucky enough to get into a system. It's called Ulink. Um, but Ulink is closed now, so it was closed to only the early adopters. And if anyone's got an account, you can get on theirs, but you can't get your own now. Um, and so that was great. And so that sends does two main things. So you can make a new connection with someone at scale, and it works within LinkedIn's um, requirements. Uh, and it uses, for those who are techie, it uses API code. So LinkedIn allows API code to go out to the world to automate certain things that they generally approve of. Like you can use it, you know, when you go and log in on another website and it says, do you want to use LinkedIn to log in? Mm -hmm. That's using the API code and they've approved it and they put it out in the world. So if you're using API, it's safe. So Ulink was the one that we started with. So if you know anyone who's got that, jump on theirs because that's like the um, pioneers. But there's a couple of others that I endorse because I don't get anything out of it, but I think they're safe. One's called Expandi, E-X-P-A-N-D-I, and it's .io, and the other is called Connected. And those two I think are quite um, really solid, really good. And for those in your family as the Basic Bananas family, you're very – um, focus on doing a lot yourself and learning how to do things yourself. So those are really well supported with good forums and good kind of, you know, communities of people helping. So that's really awesome at making some of these, you know, menial jobs faster. At the same time, just be super careful you keep within the guidelines. The technology does allow you to do it, but you still have to be a bit careful of it. Um, and even people who don't use the technology and still want to do things at scale my recommendation is don't do more than 13 connection requests a day linkedin only allows you to do 400 in a month and if you do 13 a day it sort of works out about right if you did all 400 in one day they'd ban you as well so the technologies allow you to stay in safely and that's kind of the good part about doing it but um you can do it manually if you don't want to spend like they're not that expensive in the scheme of things. I think it's like 150 US a month or something um, to automate some of this and have a bit of safety around fitting in the requirements. Within that 
expandy family there's other things that they can do now other than just uh, messenger and connection as well so you can also use personalization technology to plug it plug in so you can send an image that has someone's name like handwritten you know within it yeah and it's different for every person that's kind of cool you can do videos like that too then there's other tech that plugs into warm-up emails so when you're connected with someone there is implied consent that they're open to communication with you. So if you put them in your CRM, you can use Zapier to make those two talk together and that way um, there's an automation for the whole thing. And you can um, plug in something called Lemlist as well and Lemlist will warm up the emails so that you're not going to get bumped out by your CRM manager as well. So that's like a really like deep dive into a tech thing in one burst. But I think API-based is the real summary. Avoid anything that's an extension browser. And even if you didn't want to do technology, just stick to 13 connection requests a day and you'll be safe. <laughs> Perfect. And we're going to add all these links to the tools in the show notes too, because there are so many that you have shared. So we'll add them all in there. Now yeah. to finish up, are there any more, is there, what's, is there one more thing that you would love to share? Mm-hmm. Is there something that you think, you know what, I really would love our listeners to know this one thing. I know it's a bit of a big question and putting yeah. you on the spot. <laughs> That's okay. I always feel like it's something. I think the number one thing is like just think about the technology and why you would actually do it. And I feel that don't start there. I think it's a big leap. And so you also don't use the technology to force into being silly either. So whatever you're doing manually, work out what works first and what's engaging everybody with that really human approach we talked about in the first episode. And once you get that right, then you can automate that without it changing the tonality or changing the way that you're approaching people. And the automation purely is just to save you time. It's not to do anything radically different and all of a sudden to be a selling machine. So I think that's my main bit of advice about this. I love that. And you always talk about how it's all about being human and about mm-hmm. personalizing and talking to people like you would talk to them in real life. So I think that's a really core theme that we have had in the two episodes. And thank you so much again for taking the time. I know you're a busy woman and you always are just so generous with your knowledge with, with us too here with our community. So thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Good luck, everybody. Happy LinkedIn. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. And I can't wait to share more wisdom with you in the upcoming episodes. If you love this show, please feel free to leave us a five star review <laughs> on any of the platforms where you're listening. And also, if you want to share it with other business owners, please do that too. We just find it so rewarding when people share the show and more listeners get to hear about this knowledge. It just means a lot. So thanks again so much. And thank you, Anne. Thanks, everybody. Have an amazing afternoon. Talk soon. Bye. To get more from Basic Bananas and to learn new ways to grow your business with clever marketing, visit basicbananas.com.